Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 82 of Impact Boom. My name is Amadeo Watson. I'm passionate about the power of business and innovation to create positive impact and bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Helen Andrew, Chief Connector at Spare Harvest. Helen is new to the social enterprise sector, having only launched Spare Harvest in March 2016. Helen has been a full-time parent since her first child was born and describes having children as her first social enterprise. Prior to having a family, Helen worked in various corporate roles in administration, sales, and marketing. When she sees a problem, she focuses on the solution. Having only completed a high school certificate, this has not stopped Helen from starting her first social enterprise by jumping in and making her vision a reality. What Helen lacks in formal education, she makes up for in in her passion and persistence to make the world a better place. On today's podcast, we'll discuss Helen Andrews' journey in leading a social enterprise like Spare Harvest and the lessons she has learned along the way. We'll get her advice about getting projects off the ground, establishing a business in the sharing and circular economies, as well as its challenges and policy changes she believes would be beneficial for both the social enterprise and food sectors. We'll also hear some great insights and tips from her about measuring impact and sustaining community-driven initiatives. So Helen, thank you so much for joining us. Wonderful to be here. Now, just to start things off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you down the path of social enterprise and a passion for sustainable food systems? My journey probably started when I was a child. I grew up on a standard suburban block with my dad using every inch of ground to actually grow something that we could eat. So I had that luxury of being able to go out to the garden and pick something straight away or take it up to the kitchen and use it directly into our food. I also had um, parents that were also in that um, service space. So dad was in the ambulance, mum was a blue nurse. So we were very community focused around fundraising and service impact around the community. Didn't know it at the time, but I now understand how that has actually um, helped me develop Spear Harvest, those experiences. But when I um, decided to have a family, I made the decision to drop out of the workforce. So I dropped out 15 years ago when I had my first daughter, my first child, Alicia, and I was a full-time parent. And we wanted, I wanted to give them that experience that I had as a child. I had, I felt I had the time not working to actually invest in building a garden. So we started to do that on a suburban block here in Brisbane, but realized that we really wanted a bit more space to do that so we moved to the Sunshine Coast and so we were lucky enough to buy a property up there that had some established fruit trees on it already and some raised garden beds so we were off to a great start. Then the first citrus season came and I realised I had a lemon tree, three mandarin trees, a tangelo tree and a kumquat tree and that season was an abundant citrus season. You have cycles of abundance with, with food when you grow it. 
And I tried to share it with my network, but I was new to the area, so I didn't have an established network. I even took a bag of um, mandarins to my son's teacher, and she literally didn't let me through the door because I was giving her my access when she had abundance laying on the ground in her own, mm. own place. So even my network was having the same problem. So I ended up burying those mandarins into the ground. I dug a big hole with my dad, and we just buried them, which was just an awful feeling to know that there was this lovely abundance that I had not had invested anything in given to me that I was wasting. And that feeling sat with me for a while. Next citrus season came and I had the same problem. I'm like, I've got to find a solution to this. Uh, so that was the inspiration for starting Spare Harvest. Um, and so I had um, no network around me. I dropped out of the workforce a long time ago. Um, there, when I dropped out, there was no social media. Um, there was what the resources were available now I had no experience in. I realised quickly that it had to be a tech-based solution. I had no technical skills whatsoever, so I had a challenge in front of me of how I was going to find a tech-based solution to this problem of wasting food in backyards. So then I had to start going out and start creating my network. So my first um, into it was um, a Techstar startup weekend on the Sunshine Coast. I got up there and did a pitch about Mm. wasting the mandarins. I had a group of people surround me and help me develop that idea a bit more, but more than develop the idea, that was the beginning of creating my network around me and sharing my story. And I think if you've got an idea, you've got to share it. You can't keep it to yourself because it's the people that come into your world that actually help shape that idea. Then I was lucky enough to find a young young 22-year-old techie nerd who had all the skill base and technical stuff that I didn't have, who grew up on a farm and saw the, own, the waste that was on his farm, really loved the idea and he's been working with me on a volunteer basis for the last two years, two and a half years now, to help me bring Spare Harvest into a technical solution. Wow. So there's a long, there's a long story behind, behind Spare Harvest and yep. it's interesting to see as well that it's come from something that you've experienced personally. I think that's something that is quite current and common in amongst entrepreneurs and starting social businesses and Abs social, absolutely. social enterprises. I, absolutely, yeah. I think it is, um, that's the, the foundation of social enterprise is that emotional connection to something that mm. you need to find a solution to. Yes, and it often ends up with the solution being more comprehensive and because you've lived that experience yourself. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So they say you need to be able to connect with your um, your market and understand your customer target market. Well, that was me. I was a gardener in the backyard who had all this abundant fruit. So if I'm having this problem, how many other gardeners are also having this problem? Mm. So it, it was a little bit easier by having that experience myself to actually develop it. Yeah, fantastic. And in your role at Spare Harvest, what projects and work are you currently involved in? So a lot of technical stuff and it's been fantastic. I've learned so much. Um, my grey matter is being stimulated constantly by having to learn how to do WordPress and technical stuff and database mm -hmm. and all those things I didn't need to do. Very different to the garden. Yes, yeah. very different. <laughs> in fact, I like to actually get up off my desk and go out to the garden sometimes and just water it or just harvest just to get away from the computer and get back to yeah. why I started Spare Harvest. always come back to the why. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, um, we are working on Spare Harvest Harvest version 3.0 we're, we're on probably 2.6 or 2.7 because we currently we always pivot and change it the great thing about a technical solution you can do that very easily you've got that flexibility so based on feedback from our customers we're, we're looking at a, a, a redesign um, to bring in a lot more features that our, our members are looking for so that's one project I'm working on 
My other project is, um, that is ongoing all the time is to get out there and tell as many people about Spear Harvest as possible. The more people using it, the greater our impact that we actually make. Uh, and the other project I'm working on is I'm developing a, um, a program called Community Connectors. The program will basically recruit volunteers in local communities who would develop community initiatives specific to their environment uh, and then run those um, using our platform to facilitate that. Fantastic. And what exactly is the food waste problem that Spare Harvest addresses and how does the organisation strive to solve this problem? So the beneficiary is um, food waste. The way we go about doing it is it's all really about resource utilisation. And the more we utilise those resources, those food and garden resources, the more opportunities we have of reducing our waste footprint. So we don't need mowers in every shed. We could all be using spare harvest to share our mowers, um, tools that we could have. Instead of buying more tools, we could be sharing the tools. Um, resources around time. We've got a gentleman in Melbourne who's actually said, I'm happy to share some of my time in water people's garden if they're on holiday or they've had an accident to keep their garden alive. So time is a resource we should better utilise. Utilising, uh, when you seed, um, when you put seeds into the ground, you usually put more than you need because your strike rate, they might not get as many as you want. You might get all of them come up. So rather than wasting those seeds, you can put them on to spare harvest and give them to someone else. Runners, strawberries, my strawberries are putting out runners. Instead of cutting the runners off and then putting them into the compost bin, those runners are actually better off in someone else's garden producing strawberries for them to eat. Mm. And then they don't have to buy strawberries from the supermarket that are in plastic that have travelled 1,500 kilometres to get to you and things like that. So by better utilising those food and garden resources within a local community, we not only utilise those resources and not waste them, but we're reducing our, our carbon footprint. We're being better connected as a community because Spare Harvest, integral design of Spare Harvest is face-to-face -face connections. It's not a transactional, it's a conversational um, mm. platform. So people get to meet each other um, and they might actually come for the strawberry runners out of my garden, but they might walk away with herbs or something else that they see that they actually utilise later on. We are a, a tool, we're an, a, we're an enabler mm. to allow the community to come together and utilise those resources better with, with each other. Are there any particular business or design tools which are proven to be invaluable in the development and daily running of, of Spare Harvest? So typical tools for me, Google and YouTube are fantastic because they help me learn how to do lots of things. Um, Spare Harvest is on a WordPress platform, so we use WordPress to do that. Um, we use Dropbox because I'm also working with volunteers that aren't necessarily um, close to me. They're in different locations. We use a lot of um, business tools like Slack and Trillo and, think, and Dropbox to access files and communicate and things like that. Um, Business Model Canvas um, is a great tool to actually just one page map what your business model looks like and the Value Proposition Canvas is a great one to work out for each of your target markets what the value proposition mm. is for them. So yeah, lots of different yeah, um, it's amazing business tools. the availability that we have now oh. of tools to, to help entrepreneurs um, establish their business. Yeah, especially how they've got them all as apps so you can yeah. just do it on your phone, all of it's done. So yeah. I've set Spare Harvest up that it's not dependent on any one particular person. It's an electronic, it's a technical platform that anyone could pick up and actually just manage. Um, because I wanted it to be here forever and be sustainable and not have in, and have as little number of dependencies on it for its sustainability. Mm. And, and from your experience, 
What do you believe are the fundamental ingredients for long-term success? Well, Spare Harvest is only two years in, but from a personal perspective, I, I just made a couple of notes. Vision, really important, knowing really what you want. In fact, I'm even spending time with my children asking them what do they really want because that's really important. So vision um, is key to success. Action, acting on that vision, doing something towards that vision is really important. Um, and perseverance is knowing that um, those actions do take time for that vision to become a reality. So being patient and persistent. So vision, action and pers perseverance, mm -hmm. I think, apply across my social enterprise as well as in my personal life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting as well that just speaking about longevity of an enterprise and, and long-term success, um, you know, you just mentioned that you want for Spare Harvest to, to be a long-term thing, you'd like for it to have as little dependencies as possible. Yes. So in that sense, someone else can pick it up and run with it and continue to improve it. What do you think, or what have been the, the greatest challenges so far in running, in running the organisation? Um, my limited skill set has absolutely been a challenge, so I've had to bring other people in to, mm. to um, make up for that, so that those people I bring in add to our capacity, so that's definitely been a challenge. Um, but it's also how to best use the funds. I fund Spare Harvest personally myself. Um, at the moment, while we're building it and growing it, we have a business model in place on how we will generate income to make it profitable and sustainable, but we're not there yet. Um, like someone said the other day, you, sometimes you don't, you don't, businesses don't necessarily become profitable in the first day you open the office. There has to be an investment of time and energy. So the other challenge would be about how to best spend the money that I'm investing in Spare Harvest. Where am I getting the biggest bang for my buck? Mm -hmm. um, and that's always a challenge. Where do you put that money to get the biggest return? Um, I could redraw more, more on the home mortgage and throw more money at it, but sometimes by bootstrapping it really on smell of an oily rag, as they say, is a better because you learn more that way and you organically grow. And I really do believe organic growth is the key to sustainability too. Hmm. Are there any unique challenges to setting up an enterprise in the sharing economy? Well, actually, I didn't know I was setting up an enterprise in the sharing economy. I just realised that this is how it used to be when I was growing up. Yeah. We used to just yeah. share stuff with people. In one or two generations, we've lost that connection to our community and our ability to utilise those resources. Mm. Uh, so I just started something based on my experience and lo and behold, it's in the sharing economy. So one is learning what the sharing economy is today because it's mm. quite different to what it was when I was growing up. In fact, it's probably been hijacked by large companies like Uber and Airbnb yeah. um, and they say they're in the sharing economy but my business looks very different to theirs and yes. I'm in the sharing economy. So it's about that understanding what is the sharing economy, where mm. do I fit into the sharing economy, how do I am different to them and then that's me learning, then that's also transferring that learning to our members, helping them understand that they're actually in the sharing economy, even though it looks different to when you have an Uber ride. Yeah, yeah. So it's really around that educational component. I think the sharing yeah. economy and its basic real form where we actually are coming together and a peer-to-peer -peer relationship where we're actually exchanging, gifting, swapping resources on mm. whether it be permanently or temporary, whether it's for money or not for money. That's what Spear Harvest is, is in, and that's what I want people to understand and communicate. Um, and that's what I want to communicate to our members is this is the type of sharing economy you're in when mm. you connect with Spear Harvest, not the type that you see when you're out 
having an Airbnb experience or an Uber experience. Yeah, really valuing that horizontal network of yep. relationships. Um, I've seen that despite their values, the sharing economy has received some criticism and opponents argue that without regulation, sharing and circular economy platforms can lose values of collaboration and these horizontal relationships that Spare Harvest so clearly has. Um, do you agree with this? If so, what do you think are, or what do you think can be done to prevent this from happening? Um, absolutely, I think um, criticism is correct in the sharing economy because there are some business models in the sharing economy that that criticism absolutely applies to. What started as potentially horizontal relationships where you did have a spare couch, because that's how spare Airbnb started as a couch surfing enterprise, and you had a spare couch or a spare bed and you shared it with someone, that was fantastic, but they've changed their business model. Mm. Investment got Investors got involved, they wanted a return on their investment, their business model changed. And when you change those things, you move away from what your original vision was because you have obligations now to the business model, to the investors and your employees and all of those sort of people. So the criticism is absolutely deserved. Darren Sharp from the Director of Social Surplus says Uber and Airbnb are more about pursuing a particular model of platform capitalism rather than sharing. Mm. So I, that criticism is relevant for some businesses in the sharing economy and it's not relevant for other businesses in the sharing economy. We are all in the same sharing space. How we go about doing it is very different. Yeah. So what do you think are the essential values of the sharing economy? So we go back to that horizontal relationships you were yeah. talking about, which is based on a um, trust um, and usually a um, social exchange of some kind. They're usually invisible, that they just happen naturally. Um, so. In Spare Harvest, we're bringing together people in a common interest. We're bringing together a peer-to-peer, -peer, so it's very horizontal. It's not about making an income or commercialising Spare Harvest or someone taking it going, OK, uh, I've made a bit of money out of my spare bedroom. What would happen if I bought a whole house and now it becomes a commercial entity? That, that person's now no longer a peer-to-peer. -peer. It's now a business to a consumer because he's now created a, a business within the Airbnb platform. Um, Spare Harvest is not designed that way at all. We give the option of people to give it away, swap it or sell it, um, but we don't take any transaction fees from it. So when I say sell, it's usually for a nominal cost. Gardening is a very expensive hobby. Yeah. <laughs> so some people use it as an opportunity to supplement their income if they're retired or if they're underemployed or unemployed, just to pay for resources that they want to invest back in their garden. So. I give people the choice. Yeah, great. And looking at the sharing economy from a policy perspective, what do you believe can be done by government to help foster and support social enterprises operating in this sector? I think it goes back to our same conversation theme that we're on. We're all in the sharing economy space, but the way we go about doing it, our business models our, and our impact are very different. So the, the first thing I would say is government need to not put us all into one bucket. We're all different. So have a look at what the business model is and the impact that business model makes. And if you're making a positive impact into the environment or the people, then that's where, if you look at them differently, that's where social enterprises have an opportunity to flourish in the sharing economy based on what they're, how they're doing it and what, why they're doing it. They're very different to the, the vision and the purpose of Airbnb and, and Uber.
So yeah. don't lump us all in the one box because we're not. We're all different. Oh, yeah, it's all different. Yeah. And what other inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently which are creating positive social change? Maybe something particular from the Sunshine yeah, Coast? Yeah, so there or? is a few from the Sunshine Coast that I'd like to um, share. Uh, there's a um, business called Small as the New Big. Um, and Ian Agati um, describes him as himself as a socialist capitalist. He's um, in the housing affordability and homelessness space. So he's actually taking the whole property investment um, idea and turning it on a head that I can invest in a property, but that property looks and feels different, uh, different and uh, um, provides affordable housing for people who are homeless or isolated and things like that. So I really love what he's doing. I love his energy and his vision around that. There's another project that I love, it's called Hive Haven and um, Anne and Jeff have created a new native bee box that um, insulates the bees uh, during heat events. We've had some extreme heat events here in Queensland and we've lost a lot of native bees, not only in their native bee boxes but also in nature. When they get to a certain temperature they die. So she's created an amazing funky looking box that, huh. that native bees can live in and they can live comfortably in that box um, without actually having to worry about being killed due to the heat. Mm. So that's another one. Um, the other one that I really love is Anna and her team from Refugee Talent, which are based in Sydney, and they're helping refugees around finding employment. I love what she's doing. And then I've got some friends who have who've started um, the Mindful Wealth Movement where they're actually helping with courses and workshops to help women um, develop their financial literacy. Fantastic, thank you. A social enterprise's impact is often misunderstood. Um, so how does Spare Harvest define, measure and communicate its impact? Relatively new to the whole social enterprise and Spare Harvest only being two years old, we're still trying to navigate how we capture that impact and how we communicate that impact. So at the moment we do it in a quantitative way, so the number of listings, so the number of resources that people are sharing, we track that, um, and then the number of connections over those listings, so how many people are actually connecting around those resources. Mm. Like I could have strawberry runners listed and I might get six, seven people connecting me on those, so I've actually got lots of people connecting me around one particular resource, so it's not a necessarily one-for-one. And also on a qualitative, I'm coming to understand that the way we actually show our impact is through our storytelling. Mm. The way um, how members are getting value out of the platform and sharing their stories. And I'd like to share one particular story with you that shows you how important we are to the fabric of our society and, our, and how important we are to the environment. I had excess glass jars. It was originally around food and garden. I thought, well, I've got, I'm cooking spaghetti and I've got all these glass jars over from my pasada that I've had. And typically they go into the recycling bin. And as we know now, recycling isn't necessarily recycled. So I thought, why don't I put those glass jars onto Spare Harvest? So I put a listing up on Spare Harvest and I had someone contact me and said, I'll have those glass jars. And I said, oh, okay, what are you using them for? So when she came up and collected them, she was telling me what she used them for. And she makes pickles with them. And then I said, well, I've got bucket loads of cucumbers. Do you want those? And she said, I'll take those. And so I, I, I end up donating or giving to her probably about 90 glass jars over a period of time and kilos of cucumbers because my five cucumbers gave me more than I needed. And what Meryl does with those, she's, a, she's probably in her 70s. She um, gets into the kitchen and she makes these amazing pickles. They are amazing. 
<laughs> and then she donates them to a charity on the Gold, on the Sunshine Coast called Care Outreach. And Care Outreach do care visits to our farmers in Western Queensland. So they go out and actually do face-to-face -face visits. It could be the only face-to-face -face visit that that farmer gets. Now Merrill's pickles go with those care carers as a gift that they give directly to those farmers. So what a glass jar that I would have put in the bin, and pickles that I could have composted because I needed didn't want to use them all, couldn't use them all, are now sitting in farmers' kitchens in Western Queensland as a result of a care visit made from Care Outreach. So instead of composting my cucumbers or recycling my glass jars, they've stayed in circulation in our community for as long as possible. Now imagine those farmers who are incredibly resilient and thrifty with everything they've got. That, those um, pickles will be used on their sandwiches. When the glass jar is empty, I'm sure that they'll, they'll use that glass jar for something in the kitchen, if not in the shed, and mm. it'll never end up being recycled. Those cucumbers, yes, they're great to be composted, it goes back to the earth, but they're a much better use sitting on farmers' kitchens and then being used yeah. on their bread than in my compost bin. Yeah. So that is a very good story that shows our impact. Mm. And I think that's the key to um, demonstrating our impact is through the story. And that takes time to find those stories because I'm not intimately involved in every single person on the platform. All I'm doing is enabling lots of people to connect. But people sharing their time, you know, um, people sharing seeds, um, pots, um, the post plastic pots that are left over, they don't need to go into the landfill and never break down. They should be used and circulated by other people and kept moving in our community for as long as possible. Mm. I've got leftover pavers you buy pavers, you might have one or two left over. I don't throw them away. I put them on spare harvest and someone might just need one paver to finish a job. They take my paver, it gets used. Leftover bricks and things like that can be used by someone down the track. Mm. You don't need to know how someone's going to use the resource that you've got available. You just need to let people know that it's available. Mm. Mm. And then they will use it in some way, shape or form. I had people go, oh, I'd get glass jars off spare harvest and I make candles out of it. You know, you just don't know how people are using the resource. You don't need to know. Just because I don't have a purpose for that resource anymore doesn't mean that it's now waste. I'm trying to educate people to go, okay, it might be waste for you because you've no longer got a, a use for it, but it may not be waste to someone else. And that's the purpose of Spare Harvest is to connect those two people so that resource gets used and doesn't become waste. Mm. So my job is not about managing waste, it's about reducing waste. Food is better off if it's available and, and can't be used. It's better off being shared with someone else who will use it or fed to animals or recovered through heat and things like that and methane and whatnot before it goes into the ground. You know, this whole circular economy of saying food, if you can't use it and whatnot, put it into compost, that's not the circular economy. The circular economy is saying, okay, we've got food that we don't need anymore. Who else could use it as food? If no one else can use it as food, who can use it as uh, food for their chooks or their pigs? That's a better use for it. And if we can't use it for that, we should be recovering through um, resource recovery before it becomes compost. Yeah, yeah. So interesting to hear that there's such a comprehensive impact that comes with running this sort of business in the sharing economies, particularly in this food sector. I guess it's a bit like peeling away the layers of an onion and seeing how deep yeah. you know, that, that impact will go. And that's what I've loved about Spare Harvest. I had an initial vision where it would be just my excess mandarins and food in the mm. garden I'd share. But once I put it up there, I started watching how other people were using it. And yeah. that's been the most delightful, yeah. joyous experience, watching how other people are using yeah. it. 
um, a lady's just had an operation and she can't get into a garden to water her garden. And I said, well, create a wanted listing. Now that was feedback from my members. Can we put up a wanted listing, what we're looking for? And I said, that's fantastic. Rather than just telling people what you've got, let people also know what you need. Mm -hmm. So someone can go, oh, she needs some help. Oh, she's just down the road. I can do a couple of hours to help her in a garden and things like that. So it's really coming back to that whole community engagement yeah, yeah. and actually utilize, utilizing resource more efficiently. So yeah. whether it be time or um, food scraps or pots or garden materials, you know, and to the point where I've, yesterday I had some items in my pantry that were given to me as a gift, the Maggie beer selection of her pastes uh, that we like. So I put that on Spare Harvest and said, I'm happy to give it away. Within a half an hour, I had someone connect with me and say, I'll have those and I'll swap you with a plant. And I said, fantastic. So I'm meeting up with Kevin tomorrow and he'll get all those Maggie beer um, pastes and I'll get a nice plant from his garden. You know, so that they were underutilized food resources sitting in my pantry that are now being used by someone else. Yeah. So I've now expanded the platform to say leftovers from the pantry and leftovers from the fridge. Let's try and move them to someone who will use them before we waste them. I, and what I'm hoping as I grow the network, there'll be lots of other little social innovations that will come from that. So mm. um, we've seen an innovation in Western Australia, Coomba maybe, uh, where they are collect collecting your food scraps, composting them, and then you can get it back as um, compost where you just, rather than waste your food scraps, you're actually doing that. Spare Harvest could facilitate that. There could be someone who goes, oh, look at all the food scraps here. Maybe I might collect them for a small fee um, and then compost it myself and then I can give it back to them for a small fee. It might actually facilitate more social innovation, those mm. connections. Yeah, there's plenty of potential. Huge potential. Yeah. That's great. And to finish off, what are some inspiring books or pages that you'd recommend to our listeners? Uh, first one that I go back to quite a lot is Simon Sinek. Uh, he's the why guy, so he did start with why initially, and that was around businesses. And he's just launched a new book, Find Your Why. I think it's really important that individuals find their own purpose. Businesses need to have a purpose, but individuals need to have a purpose. So he's got two great books that I think um, I would highly recommend. Rachel Botsman, um, based here in Australia, is um, a world export expert in the sharing economy. She's got books and TED Talks and um, resources on her website so I'd recommend anyone that wants to get into that whole collaborative consumption share an economy check her out there's a great book that I'm reading at the moment called The Village Effect and that's by Susan Pinker and um, she talks about how face-to-face -face contact can make us healthier happier and smarter and that's an integral part of Spear Harvest's design is that we actually have face-to-face -face contact mm. um, and on a personal note I'm also reading some books by um, Brené Brown and she's um, an expert in that whole vulnerability space and she, on her website she's got some great talks around that and growing Spare Harvest and creating Spare Harvest has been the most amazing personal development journey I've ever had in my whole entire life um, and it's brought up lots of things personally for me as I've been building Spare Harvest so um, I'm a better person having started Spear Harvest and my kids are better people as a consequence of starting Spear Harvest. In fact, my daughter has got a listing on Spear Harvest where she wants to start a community cutlery collection. So her goal is to collect everyone's leftover stainless steel cutlery, bundle it up and then rent it to people for events. So rather than going to the shop and buying plastic forks and spoons, they'll rent it from her use it it'll look eclectic and odd and all that sort of yeah, stuff but yeah. they'll use it and then they'll give it back to her and so she's now got a listing on spare half to try and create her own 
little social enterprise when yeah. she's only 15. So it, Spare Harvest has wow. inspired not only me to do something, but it's mm. inspired my, my children to do something and inspired other people in my network to do other things. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Helen, for your time and Thank for you. your generous insights and inspiration. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.